Hi, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and we are continuing with our Come Follow Me study for this week. We are in May the 18th to May the 24th, Mosiah chapters 25 to 28. They were called the people of God. And we're going to continue with our study of the uh, personal scripture study materials this week. Uh, we're looking at Mosiah chapter 6, uh, sorry, 26, verses 6 to 39. God's faithful servants seek to do his will. So um, in this section, we are now referring to the rising generation who are um, going from the way. Uh, they are, you know, willfully rebelling against God. They are making choices against his will and they are sinning. Uh, they are making, um, you know, very deliberate choices uh, to move away from the Lord and his teachings. Now, Alma, of course, was the high priest at this time, and he was very concerned. He didn't really know what to do, and he wanted to know uh, what to do. It's interesting because after it says in verse 10 that never had anything like this happened before, and Alma was troubled in spirit, um, he caused that they should be brought before the king. So obviously Alma, the first thing he does is he goes to his earthly kind of leader, leader and uh, seek for his uh, direction. However, um, Mosiah says uh, in, well, it says in verses 11 to 12, and he said unto the king, behold, here are the many whom we have brought before thee, who are accused of their brethren, yea, and have been taken in diverse iniquities, and they do not repent of their iniquities. Therefore, we have brought them before thee, that thou mayest judge them according to their crimes. But Mosiah said unto Alma, behold, I judge them not. Therefore, I deliver them into thy hands to be judged. It's interesting because we don't know the manner of the um, iniquities of these people. We don't know if they were crimes against the, the laws of the land um, or if they were simply, you know, moral um, iniquities, which maybe were not particularly against the law of the land, but just against the laws of God. And it's interesting that, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm certain that well, there were probably some that, that fell into this category of having broken the laws of the land. But King Mosiah, uh, I love his kind of leadership here because he could have very easily, you know, as a as a righteous ruler, wanted to try and help Alma as much as he could and maybe stepped in and done something. But um, he didn't. He, he said to him, well, you know, this is your area uh, and you know, you're the one that... Um, is is the judge of this uh, kind of area being the high priest and so i'll leave them to you to be judged let's not forget that mosiah was a seer uh, he had been described before as a very righteous man and a man that was able to translate ancient records so it's not as if he you know he didn't he didn't feel himself un it's not like he felt himself unworthy to do so but it wasn't his place he wasn't the one ordained in in the in that position to be able to judge them according to spiritual matters. Uh, and I think that's an important lesson there, that we need to res remember and respect the uh, the calls which we've been given and the authority that's been given by the priesthood uh, to any member of this church to act in the office that they are in. Even if we disagree, perhaps, with something that our, our you know, Relief Society president or our Elders Quorum president or, or, or Sunday school teacher or whoever, if we, um, you know, disagree with something that they do, we need to remember and respect the authority with which they are called to. Um, so Alma goes and he, and he prays to the Lord. Um, and in verse 14, we read about how this was not just a regular prayer. It says, And it came to pass that after he had poured out his whole soul to God, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, 
So we know that um, Alma poured out his whole soul. This wasn't a simple, you know, prayer in the morning to just say, oh, well, I've got this problem, Heavenly Father. Um, please tell me what to do and then I'll and then go and do something else. He poured out his whole soul and he did not leave until he got an answer. Um, and that's something we can also take into consideration is how do we seek answers? Sure, life is busy and we cannot spend day after day after day you know, pouring out our whole soul to God in a, in a prayer. Um, you know, many of us have got jobs, have got families. And so that is just not a practicality that we can do. But how can we pour out our whole soul in, in our situation? Are we able to set aside more time in an evening, perhaps, than doing something um, else, you know? Um, and that's something to consider because once he'd done that, Alma received this amazing answer. And uh, I love how the manual says it might be also interesting to list the truths that God revealed to Alma, found in Mosiah chapters fifteen to thirty, uh, chapter twenty-six, verses fifteen to thirty-two. Notice that some of these truths were not in direct response to Alma's question. What does this suggest to you about prayer and receiving personal revelation? Because um, for example, in verse 20, it says, Thou art my servants, and I covenant with thee, thou shalt have eternal life, and thou shalt serve me and go forth in my name, and thou shalt gather together my sheep. Now, to me, on the surface of it, this does not answer his question about what should I do about these people that aren't repenting. And there are many other verses within this section which, you know, aren't particularly related to what he should do to these, with, with these people. Um, but what we need to understand is that the Lord is teaching Alma and that there are many principles here uh, in verse 21 for example and he that will hear my voice shall be my sheep and him shall ye receive into the church and him will I also receive now at the end we get another thing that happens which I want to link back to that verse because I think that the Lord teaches us in these moments when we are humble and when we are searching and reliant on his um his directing hand and so we ought to listen to any prompting we receive so we'll go through and um he the lord then starts to speak about what to do specifically with these people that alma is unsure about and alma let's not forget isn't it's not simply the fact he doesn't know what to do but he just wants to do the right thing in verse 13 it says he fears that he should do wrong in the sight of god uh, which i think is a really noble um worry to have and it's a good worry to have. We need to try and do things um, according to the will of the Lord. And in verses 30 to 31, uh, this is part of what the Lord says to Alma. He says, Yea, and often as my people repent, I will forgive them their trespasses against me. And ye shall also forgive one another your trespasses. For verily I say unto you, he that forgiveth not his neighbor's trespasses when he says that he repents, the same have brought himself under condemnation. And there's two things I love here. The first of one, of, of course, is that we need to forgive one another. How can we be forgiven uh, if we do not forgive others? But um, we ought to forgive people when they say that they repent. Now, you know, it, it, it's tricky. It can be very tricky. Uh, you know, people can do horrendous things. So then for that person to come to us and then simply to say that they have repented, you know, how can we accept that at face value? How can we trust that? But the Lord has, has told us that we need to. We need to forgive them if they tell us that we that they have repented. We need to, you know, trust that. Now, of course, if that person hasn't truly repented and we are wronged again, then of course there'll be a greater condemnation on them. But for our part, we ought to forgive. Marion D. Hanks said this, 
quote, does it not seem a supreme impudence to ask and expect God to forgive when we do not forgive openly and in our hearts? The Lord affirms in the Book of Mormon that we bring ourselves under condemnation if we do not forgive. But not only our eternal salvation depends upon our willingness and capacity to forgive wrongs committed against us, our joy and satisfaction in this life and our true freedom depend upon our doing so. When Christ bade us to turn the other cheek, walk the second mile, give our cloak to him that takes our coat, was it to be chiefly out of consideration for the bully, the brute, the thief? Or was it to relieve the one aggrieved of the destructive burden that, resent that resentment and anger lay upon us? Close quote. We have a, a choice. We can choose to forgive and then be free from that resentment. Or we can choose not to, and that resentment will affect us. Now, of course, there are times where that, that forgiveness will take time. It'll take a long time. But if we are willing to, to forgive, then we will start to see that happen over time. Um, Alma is told uh, to, you know, block, to remove the names from the church if that is the case, that they do not repent. Um, and then uh, toward the end of verse 39, uh, there is a, a verse which kind of sets what it, it, the standard is going forward. And it says, and they did admonish their brethren, and they were also admonished by every one by the word of God according to his sins, or to the sins which he had committed, being commanded of God to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all things. I love that, pray without ceasing. And I think it refers back to that verse 21, where the Lord told Alma that they had to hear his voice to be his sheep. And so Alma saw this as a reminder that they should all be praying. They should all be praying without ceasing to hear the voice of the Lord. Hugh Nibley explained, quote, It means simply that you continue in the practice of prayer. It's like saying he constantly brushed his teeth. doesn't mean he did it 24 hours a day. The interesting thing is that in a Semitic language like Arabic, the only way you can say continually or go on doing a thing is lazala or lam yazil mazala. He did not cease. Mazala yaktubu. He did not cease writing. means he wrote from time to time or he wrote regularly. When it says they continued in prayer without ceasing, that doesn't mean they had a monastic fanaticism here or anything like that. Close quote. I love that explanation because it, it identifies that praying without ceasing is uh, very typical of Arabic language, um, which first of all indicates that this is again a true record, but also that the Lord in, intends us to pray continually um, on a regular basis. Not that we should be praying without ceasing in our lives from this point forever in prayer to our Heavenly Father, quite literally, but that we should always do so throughout our lives. Uh, at regular intervals. Thank you for listening today. Uh, there was something else I wanted to, sh to share about the family re relationships compared to church relationships, but I think I'll share that on the Facebook group as we are past, well past 10 minutes already. Thank you for listening to this uh, episode. If there's anything you've been studying, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you can email uh, at session at gmail.com. And of course, there is the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'd love to hear and uh, see everyone there. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again.